Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 21. And today's episode is sponsored by the Money Mastery Class. Now, this is a class that I host and lead once per quarter, where I take you and a handful of other students through the process of building a budget that you'll actually stick to that's going to help you build your dream life, which is exactly what we're talking about in today's episode. So at the end of the episode, if you're interested in joining this upcoming class that's open for enrollment this week, then we would love for you to join. The class is going to run for five weeks through the month of September, and we're going to meet twice a week live uh, over Zoom, and I'm going to help you build a budget personally based on your unique situation. And the class feels a lot like a college class. It's not sort of some DIY online course. Instead, you're going to show up. I'm going to teach live on Monday nights. And then on Thursday night, we're going to have an open office hour Q&A session. And then on Sunday, you're going to have homework that's due that I'm going to review and give you feedback on to make sure you're on track. And we'll do that every single week for five weeks. And at the end of the class, you're going to have build a budget that's going to help you build the life that you actually want to achieve. It's much, much more than just sort of how to, you know, set up a budget using some sort of software tool. We go a lot deeper than that to help you figure out your dreams and your vision and your future desires. And then how do we achieve that using money as a tool? So if you're interested, you can go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash dream budget, all one word together to learn more about the class, see if it's a good fit for you and sign up if you want to join this fall session. I know I'm biased, but I think you're a really good teacher and I think you've done a really good job of breaking up the budgeting process into like a very manageable, um, into very manageable bite-sized pieces for people and making it something that is realistic to stick to and that doesn't feel dreadful. So I think this episode will be more fun than people expect. I think so too. At least that's my hope. Budgeting is never, um, like some people think of it as a four-letter word, right? Like it's, it's not something super fun that you want to do. I think the way a lot of people do it, it is It is that way. Dreadful, yeah. <laughs> So. so to kind of open up this episode before we get into sort of our, our acronym dream for building a budget, we want to just briefly talk about maybe a couple of the reasons that we feel like most people fail at budgeting or fail at sticking to it. And so much of this is exactly what goes along with fitness and diet culture yes. too. Yes. Yep. Um, so we all know people who have tried to start a diet and they're not going to eat any sugar and they're not going to eat any carbs and, you know, all that stuff. And they try to cut everything out and they last two days and then they go off the deep end and gain like 20 pounds more than they were originally. Well, that's um, where like, I remember seeing something about um, the show, The Biggest Loser, Mm -hmm. that happening a good bit. And, you know, it's it's not good marketing for the show for them to show you the, the relapses of people. But, you know, on that show, people go to this sort of camp that's a controlled environment that all they got to do is basically just follow what the people tell them it's all extrinsic extrinsic. motivation and discipline whereas then they get back home back into their routines back into their habits and they just gain all that that weight right back right and so i think that's the magic of what you teach um it's it's really getting your situation set up for you to succeed it's not based on um having 
you guide the person through constantly. Um, like to say that more clearly in physical therapy, my goal as a physical therapist wasn't to have um, patients need to come back to me for their entire life. I wanted to teach them, oh, this is a recurring pain point that you have. Here's things that you can do to a keep it from being a pain point at all. But if it does, you know, creep up on you and you are in pain, I'm going to give you the tools that you know how to implement by yourself. Like, yeah. and so the hope is you won't have to come back to me every time. You'll know what to do. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the goal, right? Is to give people a framework that they can use to build a budget and use their money in a way that you know matters to them really and continually reassess because it's always things are always changing things change. and you need to be able on your own to reassess the situation and make the proper adjustments while i think there's a lot of reasons people don't stick to a budget or people um fail at budgeting i do think probably the number one pushback that i get either over email or just in youtube comments or um even and especially in real life conversations when I'm talking with friends or family, is that this idea of budgeting feels restrictive. Mm -hmm. It's this idea of, you know, I don't want to be placed in handcuffs. I've worked hard for my money. Uh, I want to spend it how I want to spend it. And I don't want to be restricted on what I can and can't do. And it feels like this controlling thing that um, is going to tell them, nope, you can't do that anymore. And so they don't they don't want to do it. I think that's definitely the main hang up for people and tied right with that is getting a spouse on board. <laughs> yes. Because I think even if it doesn't feel restrictive to you, if you're the one who's more enthusiastic about it, then maybe it feels restrictive to your spouse. And so balancing it out to where if you've got multiple people who are interacting with this budget, it really suits all of them. It takes work. It, it takes work and it takes thought to do that. So. Before you turn off this episode uh, because you just don't like the idea of budgeting in general or um, the idea of budgeting is something you just are super against, I want you to sort of replace the word budget in your mind for a second with the idea of uh, a game plan to spend your money in a way that you care about. So when you really do budgeting right – it's actually the opposite of feeling restrictive. It should help you actually feel like you get to spend more money on the things that you care about the most because that's the whole way we set the budget up from the start. It's getting extreme clarity about whatever it is you care about and then saying, hey, uh, let's make sure we spend as many dollars as possible on those things. It's not about restriction at all. Well, and the other the other piece that I want to point out is imagine when you do spend your money, you feel really confident in knowing that your budget is setting you up for success. And so when you choose to splurge on something and it's within your budget, you can really enjoy it. There's no guilt or worrying that you're not going to be able to pay your next rent bill or whatever. You can spend it and enjoy it. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the big shift that, that gets to come later. So with that in mind... Let's kind of jump into our acronym. So we've got five steps here. Uh, it spells out the word DREAM, and uh, that's the uh, acronym we're going to roll with. And it, it, Honestly, when we first came up with this, I felt like it was a little cheesy, like, oh, yeah, dream budget, build your dream life. And um, and it does feel a little cheesy. It feels a little cliche in some ways, but that, that truly is what we're trying to do. It um, is. We're trying to use your money to build the life that you dream about. And it just so happens that these letters work pretty good to go along with uh, sort of the steps we've got outlined. So the first one, uh, the D, is to determine your starting point. 
One of the ways to think about this is back to your fitness example. A lot of people will start way too hard. They'll try to change a bunch of stuff. They'll try to uh, run a million miles. They'll try to you know do a ton of push-ups. They'll cut everything out of their diet, and they don't even really have a starting point or a baseline. Instead, what you want to do when you're starting any new sort of workout program or fitness routine, you want to get a baseline. So, you know, how many push-ups can you do? How many pull-ups can you do? How far can you run? Let's kind of see what your starting point is so we know where you're currently at. Then we can worry about making changes to your plan later on. And doing, making those in a realistic way. In a realistic way, yes. And so one of the sort of uh, metaphors I like to use for this determining a starting point is uh, the idea of going on a road trip. And imagine if I told you and said, hey, um, I'm going to be in San Diego on this day. Uh, I'd love for you to meet me there. But you didn't even know what city you were going to be starting in. And you get in your car and you pull out your phone and GPS and Google Maps can't get your location. And you just say, take me to San Diego. And Google doesn't even know where you're currently located. There's absolutely no shot. You're going to end up in San Diego at the right date and time that you want to be at. And so it's the same thing with your money. If you're looking in the future going like, I'd like to buy a house or travel there or change jobs here or have kids or whatever, but you don't know how you're currently spending your money, there's no chance that you're going to have any realistic expectation of getting to wherever it is you want to go because you don't even know where you're starting. And I think a lot of people can get overwhelmed with this step because there's so many different ways that you can do it. And, you know, it's just like everything else. People have the way that they like. And a lot of times they can act like if you don't do it that way, then you're doing it wrong. Yes. So let's start out this step. Why don't you just kind of talk us through some of the options that are out there for tools to use or methods to, to go about determining your starting point? Yeah. So from a from a practical standpoint, when I say determine a starting point, uh, I simply just mean find some method of tracking how you're currently spending your money. The vast majority of people, you know, even when I get on coaching calls with people and I'll say, okay, um, how much money do you bring in per month? They don't know. Uh, They don't know off the top of their head how much money actually hits their bank account. And so determining a starting point is just that. We need to know how much money is hitting your bank account and then where's that money going? What's a basic breakdown of some categories? How much is going to the, the house situation? How much is going to food? How much is going to kids? Just a basic breakdown. There's a lot of tools you can use. Um, some of the most popular ones are Quicken, uh, Mint.com. That's probably my favorite free tool for just just getting something started because it's so simple and easy. You just hook it up to your bank accounts and then literally don't think about anything for a month. Come back a month later and you'll have a pretty good breakdown of what's going on. Um, personal capital. Of course, if you're more of a hands-on person, you could use something like Excel or Tiller. Tiller is kind of like Excel, but it uses Google Sheets. It's a little bit more advanced, uh, a little bit more user-friendly. Uh, if you're old school, you can you know, use a notepad and uh, pen and paper, which lots of people do. And you could get cash envelopes like the Dave Ramsey crowd. Um, there's also a ton of new apps all the time. And so I don't want you to get overwhelmed here because I know I'm listing a ton. Um, and then, of course, there's the one that you and I use, which is WineApp. So we used Quicken for years and then eventually transitioned to WineApp, which we've talked about before. And but, that is Y-N-A-B. Yes. Not wine app. Which people think sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Although you could maybe drink some wine while doing it, but... It might make it more enjoyable. It might. You might make it... Might make it less reliable. Less reliable, know. yeah. But yeah, WineApp, it's it's uh, short for You Need a Budget. 
And so, but really don't overthink this step. Go to Mint, go to Quicken, go to Every Dollar, go to Excel, go to YNAB, doesn't really matter. Pick something and track your budget, ideally for a month or two before you start making massive changes because we're just trying to figure out where you're currently located. Yeah, just like with so many other things in life, the important thing here is not that you get it perfect um, or that you pick the exact perfect tool right now. It's just that you get started. Bingo. It's just that you do it. Bingo. The last thing I want to say here about sort of building your tracking budget in this step is um, don't don't be too hard on yourself. It can be really difficult when you start seeing these numbers, especially if you haven't really looked at these numbers before, to beat yourself up and go like, oh my gosh, that's how much we spend on Amazon or that's how much I spend at Target or worse, start you know pointing fingers at your spouse. Like you spent what at that restaurant last week or you did that? So the, the key here with this first step is the way you've been living your financial life up until this point, yeah, you may not be happy with it, but living that way for one or two more months is not going to kill you. And so just keep living your life the way you're currently living it. Don't judge yourself too much. Don't judge your spouse. Just track it and see what happens. Then we're going to talk you know, more about making those changes later on. That I'm glad you brought that up. That is so important. It, you really need to kind of emotionally detach yes. from like Jocko talks about before you start seeing these numbers. Because if you do see something that you don't like and you get all emotional and bent out of shape over it, where is that going to lead you? You're probably just going to end up stopping altogether and stick your head in the sand because you're like, I just don't even want to know. And obviously that's not a productive way to go about things. So yeah, make that, take that, that first step of emotionally detaching and just, just taking it all in and, and being okay with it, knowing that you can make adjustments as you move forward. And one one fun little kind of hidden thing in that too is if you do notice that you have this gut reaction of like, oof, I can't believe I spent that. Don't beat yourself up, but also notice that that little kind of oof, that's an indication that maybe you're not spending money in a way that truly aligns with the things you care about the most. And so just kind of tuck that away, put that in the back of your mind so that as we go forward through this process, you'll be able to kind of recall that. And so just recognize that, yes, even though you are spending money and and you're likely spending money in the moment, which feels like it is what you want, when you're looking at these numbers and you go, I can't believe I did that, that's an indication that really you're not spending in a way that aligns with your values, which we're going to talk more about in the next couple of steps. So with all that being said... Are we ready to move on to the R? Yeah, I think we uh, we can go. Okay. So um, the R in DREAM stands for refine your vision. So with the R, we're actually going to kind of take a step away from the budget for this one. Uh, you're really not going to look at the numbers that much. You're you're sort of just running that, that D step, that determining your starting place. You're sort of just running that on autopilot. Kind of in the background. It's in the background for a couple of weeks. And instead, now we're transitioning and we're, and we're thinking big picture. We're thinking, what do we want to do with our life? What do we, where do we want to go? Who do we want to be? What matters to us? And sort of the um, story I like to tell with this one is um, this story of Alice in Wonderland. And in Alice in Wonderland, she, you know, she's lost in the woods of Wonderland. And uh, she comes across this cat. And I can never say, if it, is it Cheshire or Cheshire? I think it's Cheshire cat. Cheshire cat. Okay. And so Alice comes across this cat and she says, 
would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And the uh, Cheshire cat says, well, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. She says, I don't much care where. And then the cat responds, well, then it doesn't matter which way you go. Alice says, so long as I get somewhere? And the cat's last line says, oh, you're sure to do that, if only you walk on long enough. And I, I think the vast majority of people are sort of walking through their life like this and using their money like this, where they're, they're not really that clear on where it is they want to go. And so because of that, it doesn't really matter that much how they spend their money. Yeah. And it's like, you're definitely going to get somewhere. Yep. You just might not like where you get. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a great quote that I've shared before on this podcast that I love um, from Michael Hyatt where he says, um, you'll never drift to a place you would have previously chosen. And I think most people just drift through life and they really don't know where they want to go or they haven't given it enough thought. And so then they get to the end of their life and they find themselves in this place. And if they look back, they recognize, and if I would, if I could have just waved a magic wand and chosen where I would end up, this is not, this, this would not be it. I think that's so true. And I think it's really interesting how you see that coming up in all sorts of areas. So take our our episode on the book, I Miss You When I Blink. That's the the overarching theme of that book. Yep. Now, she doesn't tie it back to a money problem, but a large part of that is well, how we she, choose. She to does money. tie it back to a vision problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And and money is just the tool that helps us execute on our vision. Exactly. But it is a vision problem, mm-hmm. which is which is that this R, right? This step is to refine your vision. And the the reason I'm kind of previewing here, but the reason we use the word refine your vision, not just vision for this step, is because the first time you do this, yeah, you might be setting your vision. But this acronym, this dream acronym here, this is a cycle that you should repeat regularly throughout your life so that every time you come to the step, you refine the vision because things change. And we'll kind of get to that later. But I think what I love so much about this step and what I was trying to say with with that reference to I miss you when I blink is I think it's really cool how this is a very important step for uh, developing a budget that you actually want to stick to. But it's its impact is so much bigger than just your budget. Yes. Your vision impacts every decision that you're making in your life. So, yeah, the budget is part of that. But if you can get your vision nailed down, I mean, there's a lot of things in your life that are going to improve outside of just your money management. Well, and and like a a real quick example on that, let's say that we had a vision where uh, we have a vision for our life. And part of that vision includes hiking uh, the Grand Canyon and uh, going down to the bottom, spending a couple of nights at the bottom and then hiking back out. Well, that's going to affect multiple areas of our life, one including the budget, right? We got to get to the Grand Canyon, we got to pay for permits, we got to pay to sleep down there, we got to pay for equipment. It's also going to affect the health portion of our life, right? We got to work out. We got to be able to do that hike. Um, you're going to have to be in some decent shape. And that's obviously a very minor example with a very specific hike, but there's lots of examples to your point where we get clear on that vision. Uh, and it's going to help everything, not just knowing how to spend your money. Right. So you kind of identify two ways that a vision really helps you. Yeah, I think the first one is just what we said. It's once you know where you want to go, then you're going to know, okay, uh, 
Am I spending my money in a way that's going to help me do that? Yeah, it gives you a filter to kind of run your de- decisions through. That's right. Does this align with my vision or does it not? Yep. And then the second one is from a motivation standpoint. Budgeting, although, like we said, it's not supposed to be restrictive, it's not supposed to um, you know, hold you back, that doesn't mean that it's always going to be fun and you're always going to spend your money on every single thing that you ever want. Yeah, the caveat there is... In the long run, it'll be fun. Yes. It might not be fun in the short short term. That's right. So you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're not going to be able to buy every little bitty thing in the store or on Amazon that you think you, you need. And in order to make those sacrifices, the only way you're going to do that is by having real clarity on the bigger vision. And so that you can kind of maintain that motivation to keep going when budgeting does feel like, man, I really want to go out to eat again, or I really want to buy this thing. But you know what? I'm clear on that vision, and I know that that stuff's more important to me, so I am not going to get that thing right here in the moment. So it it just gives you clarity and kind of helps you keep going. Yeah. The way we get a vision for our life is we tend to assess things in kind of three, five, and 10-year increments. And then we break it down. So what do we want our life in general to look like in those those time increments? And then what do we want our ideal day to look like, you know, in three, five, and 10 years? What do we want our careers to look like in those amounts of time? Um, What do we want our marriage and family to look like? What do we want our finances to look like? What do we want our house to look like? And just breaking things down into into those small little segments of your life and getting really clear on what you want in those things. Yeah. So for us, we have a we have a Google document. I think we've talked about this before, but we have a Google Doc that has you know uh, January twenty twenty one, January twenty twenty four, January twenty twenty seven, January twenty thirty, and we just have a few bullet points underneath each of those headings that sort of says here's what we'd like to have going on you know we'd like to uh have these things going on in our careers in our personal life in our family life um in our investments or in our finances just just a few bullet points we'd like to have traveled to these places uh we'd like to have gifted this sort of money to these sorts of organizations it's a few different bullet points it's not crazy it doesn't have to be this insanely in-depth thing but just a few things to and answer things, all those questions you things just Things get more general the further the timeline yes. moves out. Yes, <laughs> way okay. more general, right? Um, I, I have, you know, I, I legitimately have like, um, what do I want my life to look like when I'm 60? It has like maybe four bullet points. You yeah, know, like I mean, just a and couple it's broad things. things like, hey, we want to be healthy. We yes. want to be able to move around and play with grandkids. Yep. We want to, yeah, uh, still be able to hike, still be able to go do what yes. we want to do, you know? So you don't have to get, You don't have to get incredibly clear the further out you get. But the nice thing about this vision is that you you have this document and, you know, do it in whatever you want to do it, uh, whether it's on paper or or online, so that you can revisit it every few months and sort of ask, like, has anything on this document changed? Um, Is there anything we need to refine? And, you know, we just talked about this in one of our last episodes with our home buying process of how our 10-year vision has not changed at all. But our 12-month vision changed. And so we were able to look at our kind of vision document and go, Oop, we're going to swap out a couple of these things, kind of change the order of what we're doing here. And uh, that's what we're going to focus on for these next few months. And again, I really like this because you've worked in revisiting 
your vision and and refining it over time. So again, don't get caught up in trying to make it perfect and making it this beautifully detailed whatever. Just get something down and then just continue to make it a little bit better every time you go back and look at it and talk it through with your spouse and and all that. Just enjoy that process of refining it over time. Yep. And, and if there's last sort of two things I, I would say on this one, one would be remember that this step is really more about your life, less about the money. So don't think about how much money these things on this list are going to cost you or whether or not they're even realistic. Uh, just think about if if you could have your dream life, what are a few things you would want at these intervals? And to, to help you further answer that question, I want to share uh, something I learned from, I think maybe Pat Flynn, something called the New Year's Test. And uh, I first heard about this a few years back, and it was very helpful for me. Here's the premise. Let's say that you go to a New Year's party, uh, non-COVID, of course, right? Let's say you go to a New Year's party in a couple of years, and you run into an old friend who you haven't seen in five or ten years. And they say, oh, my gosh, how are you? How's life going? What's going on? And you respond and you say, this has been the best year of my life. Let me tell you about it. The question is, what would it take for you to say that? What needs to happen in order for you to answer the question with sort of in, in that way? That's one way I found to kind of get my gears turning for maybe what I want my life to look like. The only thing I don't like about that test is I feel like it's very easy for what comes to your mind to be convoluted by impressing people. Mm, yeah, by like what might impress that person. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because That's a good pushback. I feel like when we go the general we, when anybody goes to those parties and it's people that you haven't seen, you know, very recently yeah. and whatever, I, are we not all kind of putting on a front and like trying to impress people? That's totally true. So I don't know. I would, I would try to think about it. I don't know. You just need to be self-aware. Just be self-aware of that. Yeah. Because yeah. it really is about what you want. There's plenty of things that I would probably answer that way or answer that question in ways that would not be impressive to somebody, even though that is what success looks like for me. But no, that's a good point. Um, that's, a, that's a really good point. So think about what you want your vision to look like. Be self-aware enough. Try to be self-aware enough to recognize that we don't want you putting things on that list that are only there to impress someone. Yeah, recognizing, uh, you know, as Christians, we believe God has has us all here for, for different reasons, and we yep. all kind of reflect his nature in different ways. And so our, our lives should look different. You know, what we all do should look different. It shouldn't all look the same. Um, and so from that perspective, not worrying about whether what you're doing seems impressive or um, desirable to somebody else, uh, but does it align with with you and your values and what you feel like God's leading you to do? Yep. I love it. So from there, we do get more into the money piece of it, yes. which is to establish your plan. And what that what that entails is kind of getting these clearer goals based on your vision and then reverse engineering what you need to do money-wise to allow you to hit those goals. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going from the R to the E, you've now got this document that shows, hey, here's where I want to be in all these, you know, 10, 5, 3 years or whatever, then we hyper-focus on just the next couple of months. We've sort of found that for us, trying to set even yearly goals is almost, it's almost too much. Um, it's really hard to uh, estimate accurately what you think you're going to get done in a whole year. So we just sort of focus on, okay, where do we want to be in three years? Uh, and then we say, okay, what's something very practical we can do to achieve that? 
in the next three months? What's what's a target we can aim at? So like as an example, uh, let's say that we have on our vision a, a down payment for an investment property in two years. And let's say that we think we need $15,000 uh, for this down payment. Well, that's two years from now. So if you imagine a timeline, right, stretched out, and we have starting now, and then at the end of the timeline, we have fifteen grand. If we cut that timeline in half, we would have 7500 a year from now. That's our, our hope to be on track. Well, let's say that um, we you know, divide that uh, this time by four to go from 12 months to three months. So what do we need in the next three months? Well, we need 1875 And then let's divide one more time by three to just hyper-focus on what do we need to do this month to stay on track towards that goal. This month, we would need $625. And, you know, this this sort of example right here, this is what Hannah and I do uh, for all of our big purchases and long-term investments is what we did when we first started budgeting. This is what we did to get our first dog, which was like, okay, how much do we need to get Scout out of the gate? You know, um, what's all the initial like medical and crate and leashes and bowls and food and everything that goes in with like initially getting her. And then let's estimate how much do we need on a monthly basis to keep her up. And so we just broke that down and said, okay, if we'd like to get a dog in six months, how much do we need to save in order to make sure we have enough to get there? So you can do this with all of your different financial goals. The problem is with the E step is it's really easy to get overwhelmed because you're like, well, I want to go on that trip and that trip and that trip and pay down this debt and that debt and this debt and invest and invest. And and you think like, I need, how do I attack all these things? Which is why we do the vision, but we don't try to attack everything on that vision right now. We hyper-focus on the next three months and we say, what is one or two things on this vision that I can hyper-focus on these next couple of months? And how can I sort of reverse engineer those vision steps to create some goals that I can actually hit in the next couple of months? And again, I always use fitness examples, but for we struggled for years to get our health really where we wanted it to be, yep. to feel like we're heading in the direction we want to go. And we just kind of floundered for a lot of years. And it was because we were trying to get our sleep perfect and our workout perfect and our diet perfect. We're trying to get everything perfect and tackle it all at the same time. If we were going to do one of them, we wanted to do all of them. And we never found success. When we started really making progress on our fitness, we said, hey, let's focus in on working out and let's just make working out a really automatic thing where we're doing it basically at least five days a week, but basically every day. And it's just pretty automatic. It's a given that we're working out and then we'll start to think about those other things. Yep. And that made a huge difference. Huge difference. So just keep that in mind when you're doing this. Focus in don't spread yourself too thin. Yep. And and that's, again, the nice thing about sort of breaking it into three-month chunks because three months gives you a good time to like sort of establish focusing on on one new thing. You nail that thing and, th- and then you can add in another one. The last thing I kind of want to say about this E, the, the establish your plan piece, is do think about your financial goals in this area and how they align with that vision, but sort of think about them in two buckets. So bucket one is very, very, very long-term wealth building stuff, right? So this is uh, basically investing and debt pay down. If you got a lot of debt, or if you're trying to invest for the future, that's this bucket. We should all try to have, you know, at least one of those two things going on for the long term. And then the other sort of bucket 
is more fun spending. It's just bigger things that we want to plan for so we don't have to go into debt. And most importantly, so that we can use the budget to help us achieve the things we care about. So this is if you're wanting to move or buy a new home or do a really big vacation or get a dog, you know, or buy some big toy. That's that bucket. So sort of every quarter, Hannah and I, when we're sitting down looking at uh, our vision and then saying, okay, what's our plan? What's a, what's our, you know, let's establish our plan for this quarter. What are we focused on? We try to make sure we're, we're doing both the long-term wealth building uh, and then also um, planning for some of the bigger stuff that we want to make happen. And that brings us to the A in dream, which is to actualize your dream. So how are we going to actualize it, Nick? This is where we finally do the thing that people think of as budgeting. <laughs> so it's funny, right? Because this is building a dream budget, but we're not actually going to budget until the fourth step. And that's what makes it so powerful. Because at this point, you know your starting point. You know how much money you're making and how much you're currently spending. You also have a clear vision of what you want your life to look like. And you have a plan of like, I'd like to save this much or pay down that much over the next three months. So now all we got to do is look at that dream budget or look at the, sorry, the, the tracking budget, the determining your starting point budget that we did in the first step. We just look at that and go, okay, well, what changes do we need to make? If I need to save $600 this month to set it aside for my down payment on an investment property, I know how much I'm making and I know how much I'm spending. So I can pretty quickly figure out if I'm going to have to cut something in order to make that happen. The beautiful thing is that by this point in our steps, cutting doesn't feel as hard. It doesn't feel like it's taking a bunch away from you because you're cutting so that you can put money elsewhere and actually work towards that vision that you're trying to make happen. Yes, you've you've determined the priorities. Yes. So it's not somebody else telling you you need to cut. It's not you doing what you should do by somebody else's standards. You have set up your own standards and your own priorities. And so any anything that you choose to sacrifice in the short term is to get you what you want in the long term. Makes it a process that you're much more likely to actually stick to. That's right. And and you get to I mean, you get to pick and choose what you will and won't cut. And so, you know, we've had lots of people uh, that we've seen who decide to cut all kinds of different stuff that you and I wouldn't cut and vice versa. And so I think that's the important point here is that this does mean sort of cutting things out of your budget or figuring that out. But you can choose those things. Well, and you may get to this point and go, wow, when I was doing my vision, I thought that I wanted to move into a way bigger house in five years, but that means that I'm going to have to cut all this stuff out. And now that I'm really looking at it, I actually kind of like the house that I'm in. Maybe maybe I'd rather stay in a house the size that I have and have more flexibility in my daily spending. Maybe that's more important to me. Yes. So you just weigh all that out, you know? You get to make trade-offs. And that's that kind of brings me to, you know, we try to make this simple, right? So there's there's only two things you can do in this step. All right. If you're trying to actualize that dream, there's two things that you can do to get ahead with your finances, right? You can either increase your income or you can decrease your spending. That's it. Because in this step, we're trying to direct more money to that stuff in our vision. And that's all you got. Those are the only two levers you have, right? Increase income, decrease spending. And I think a lot of people, you know, in, in the personal finance space or in sort of online, whatever, uh, they tend to focus on one or the other, right? You get the frugal crowd that's super focused on 
decreasing your spending and then you got sort of the more uh i don't even know like <laughs> the other crowd who's like more focused on like big wins and just making more money and increasing your income and that kind of side stuff. hustlers side hustlers whatever and in in my opinion it's it's both ideally and so if you look at your vision and you go all right in order to pull this off i need to cut a few things but i could also increase my income and that means i don't have to cut quite as much Great, let's let's find that balance. Let's try and do both. So if you're at the point where you're trying to set up a budget and you're more interested in some of those detailed tutorials, um, Nick has those on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and search Mapped Out Money or Nick True, you'll find um, especially YNAB tutorials yep, yeah. if that's something that you're interested in trying to get set up. Yep. And then, you know, the other thing I would say with this step is we're not going to rehash it all in this podcast, but, you know, go back a few episodes and listen to our podcast about conscious spending. Um, that whole episode really kind of fits into this step, which is all about um, getting clear on how you like to spend money and making sure we're working that into the budget. Because if you want to go to Starbucks every day and get a latte, um, great, let's put that in the budget. That just means we're going to have to cut somewhere else. Uh, and if you want to spend a lot of money on your pets, like me and Hannah, great. That just means we're going to have to cut somewhere else. And so it really is about trade-offs. It's not about being restrictive at all. So Give that episode a listen as well. Yeah, if you're interested in that conscious spending episode, it is episode number 12. All right, and we are almost to the, to the end of our acronym here. So we've done the D, the R, the E, and the A. And so the last one, the M, is for making it a habit. And there is so much that goes along with making something a habit that we're actually going to break the M out to be its own episode. Yep, yeah. yeah. So next week, we're going to be sharing sort of our, our best tips for sticking to a budget and one of those tips is all about checking your budget regularly and what that looks like and the routines that we recommend um and things that you can implement to actually help actually you make stick that happen to <laughs> yes. checking it daily yes so kind of the last thing i'll share on this then this uh sort of holistic thing is reminding you this dream acronym is meant to be a cycle in and of itself. And so this making it a habit thing is repeating this whole sort of acronym regularly. So what you and I do is once a quarter, we sit down and we look at our budget, right? And we look at everything. We look at how our money's going. We refine our vision. Then we establish a plan for the next uh, for the next three months. And then we actualize that plan by looking Through at our, our budget. budget and we say, okay, are we spending money in a way that's going to help us achieve this vision or are we not? And if we're not... Do we need to reallocate things anywhere? Yes. What yeah. do we need to change to make that happen? So um, just remember that, that that's the goal, right? This is something that we learn uh, once, but then we continuously approve on throughout the rest of our life. I love it. So that leads us right into other stuff we love or like <laughs> for the Stuff We <laughs> stuff Like we segment. Like. So today, again, to kind of do a teaser for our next week's episode, where we're going to talk more about making things a habit and how to actually go about that. Um, and in particular, we're going to be talking about how to stick to your budget, but we're going to be incorporating a lot of ideas that we learned from reading James Clear's Atomic Habits. So if you have not read that book, it's excellent. It's a pretty highly, dense highly read. Highly, recommend. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is loaded with stuff um, and it's been helpful 
in so many areas of our life, not just finances, but health and, you know, eating well, exercising, all that stuff, breaking bad habits that we didn't like. Maybe yeah. it was watching too much TV um, or something like that. But it's a it's a very actionable book and we've both loved it. Yeah. So if you're at all interested in improving your habits in any area of your life, definitely check it out. Atomic Habits. All right. That means we're ready for you to tie a bow on it. Okay, so to tie a bow on today's episode, um, this is our dream budget framework. Uh, And so this, you know, as a recap, a D is to determine your starting point. Just make a tracking budget, figure out where you're starting out at. The R is to refine your vision, get really clear on where you want to go in your life and what matters to you. The E is to establish a plan. Now, ideally, um, you have a timeline for this. We focus on establishing a plan for the next three months. And so pick a few goals that you can focus on for that time period. The A is to actualize that dream. This is where we do the actual thing that most people think of as budgeting. Okay, this is where we actually start changing our budget and cutting things and trying to increase our income to help us achieve the plan that we established based on the vision that we refined. Then the last one is to make it a habit by repeating this whole process on a regular interval. So hopefully this is helpful for you. You know, please take notes, write this down and, and go implement this and then email us and let us know if it helps. Now, if you do want help doing this, like I said at the top of the show with the sponsor, um, we are opening up enrollment this week for our class, uh, the Money Mastery class that I'm going to be leading through the month of September 2020. So if you're interested uh, and you want to see what that's about or look at signing up, go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash dream budget, all one word. Or if you have any questions at all, uh, just email me directly, nick at mappedoutmoney.com. And make sure you join us next week to talk about making it a habit. That's right. So thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.